Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Zig Sauer Studios, on the Daniel Defense Platinum Microphone. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark Walters. That would be me. Welcome inside Armed American Radio's AAR Georgia Ranch Studios, the Sig Sauer Studios, aptly named. Daniel Defense Mike fired up for you in this hour of the program. X Insurance presenting it all. Greg in Dallas, Texas, how are you, my brother, from another mother down there in Tejas? I am here. I love the fact that you guys are just upsetting the Biden administration down there in Texas. But what else would you expect from a state whose favorite beer Lone Star's motto is the National Beer of Texas? Yes, sir. That is just gotta <laughs> love Texas, man. Gotta love Texas. Remember the Alamo. We Greg tend to, in Dallas. We tend to ins- upset a lot of liberals across the country just with our existence. That's what happens, and I love it. Texas. When you're awesome, it's what happens. Yeah, I'm going to bring Texas up in just a moment when we discuss a few things with Ryan Petty. We'll go to him in just a moment. But would you be kind enough to tell people where to watch the program in high definition, please? Uh, Sure. If you want to watch the show, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com, right-hand side of that website. You're going to see the menu icon. Just give it a click. When that window opens up, you can select that Watch Live option. You're also going to have the Listen Live option and the podcast link right next to that. If you'd like to join our live chat, we'll head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. That'll bring you in. Greg, before we even hear a Defender Coffee rejoin, ask me how many cups of Defender Coffee I had this morning. Uh, How many cups of Defender Coffee did you have today? Not enough. Ryan Petty, welcome in, brother. How are you doing today? (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm good. I was just telling Greg it's been a busy, busy Thursday. So, do you, well, we're going to talk about how busy it's been. I'll go there with you specifically in just a few moments. I have to start with this. Did you listen to any of the Supreme Court hearing today, the oral arguments Colorado tried to put up to keep Trump off the ballot in the Golden State? Did you or the Golden State? It's not the Golden State. Colorado. Did you did you listen Colorado. to Colorado? Um, I didn't because I was on call, so I couldn't hear the audio. But I was following the commentary on X, formerly known as Twitter. I I don't know how long we have to keep saying that. Maybe through twenty twenty four. But on I don't know <laughs> the pundits. <laughs> I was following the pundits on X, and it sounded like. Let, let me say this: if you if your argument can't even. Um, stand against Katanji Jackson Brown, boy, you're in trouble, Colorado. Yes, and you know I was going to kind of go there. Um, it it's hard to predict what a Supreme Court is going to do. We have found this to be the case, particularly when we're dealing with gun cases, just based on questioning. But I would not be shocked to see a nine zero here, honestly. 
the liberal justices themselves, and as, as Ryan just mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, if you missed any of it, the liberal justices, including Katanji Brown, were very, very skeptical of Colorado attorneys' arguments in front of the court today. Justice Thomas Ryan just destroyed the Colorado state attorney, just destroyed him and, and frankly made him look stupid. I, I was enjoying that. And, if, you know, and it was kind of fun to head over to a couple of my alerts after that to see that Breitbart's top story today is exactly that. That he just he, Thomas with his very calm, cool, you know, he's generally very quiet on the court, has been historically for years. He's been a little bit more active over the last few years in questioning. However, in this case, he just wrecked the guy. I mean, I don't know how the guy continued to try to make an argument after Thomas just lit him up. But more than likely, eh, you might see a 7-2, but it really should be a 9-0 based on that. So you you care to harbor a guess just for fun? I I will. I'll harbor a guess. Uh, Let me me say this for – I'll preface it by saying – I didn't think I could like anyone better than Justice Scalia, uh, who, you know, we all, you have your favorite judges, that, you know, those of us that, that, that try to follow, you know, what's going on in the Supreme Court a little bit. Uh, and, and Scalia was just my absolute um, favorite, but favorite. But Thomas is quickly, quickly catching up. He's just phenomenal. Yeah. Here's my guess, Mark. 8-1. Uh, Justice Roberts is the uh, lone uh, dissenting vote. How's that? Wow, that's a bold, you know, his line of questioning was not far off of Thomas. It was pretty obvious where Thomas and Kavanaugh are going to go for sure. I, I'm just curious, what made you feel that way? I, I didn't pick that up from him. I, I'll have to go back and listen what? just to, to see where you, what, what made you feel, what makes you feel that way? The 8-1 I can understand, 7-2, it's going to be one of those three, I believe. I don't think you're going to see a 5-4 decision on this by any stretch, but I'm curious, where, what I, makes I, you feel I'm, that way? I'm, I'm insulating myself from the, insulating myself from the feeling of disappointment that I constantly have with Justice Roberts, so that's that why sense. I did it. Yeah, that would make sense. I, I, I guess I'm not shocked by that at all. You never know what he's going to do. Um, interesting stuff. It, it was quite fascinating to listen to it. I was captivated by it. Trump felt very good about it. And the reason I felt even better after it was over was when I saw MSDNC doing everything they can to say that the Supreme Court should, in fact, be 9-0 or whatever they said in favor of Colorado taking him off the ballot. But, it, you know, it, obviously... It was the point was made to the attorney in Colorado, ladies and gentlemen, if you missed any of it. It was quite fascinating. I would highly recommend you go back and pick it up or at least read the transcripts if you can get them. And they're out there. But I I felt it fascinating when the questions came up, even from some of the liberal justices. So going forward, a Republican state can just knock off a Democrat if they want to. That's what's going to happen. It's, and what the, the term that they used was an unmanageable situation, chaotic, unmanageable situation going forward if Colorado were to do that. But they could not cite one example, and, and Thomas just buried the guy. So it was an awful lot of fun to watch. 7-2 or 9-0, I think. And, Ryan, you're at 8-1, so we've got those three covered. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It's got to come out in the next couple of three weeks because Colorado's uh, primary is in March. So I, I think they'll rule fairly quickly on this, but it, it will be interesting to see. 
Wow. Yeah, what a travesty, though, for the Colorado taxpayers to have to fund this kind oh. of nonsense. I mean, even even Jackson Brown's comment was, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but shouldn't we err on the side of democracy uh, was, <laughs> yeah. I think, her line of reasoning. And 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 it just shows the arrogance. Uh, boy, and there's another case we could talk about today, too, out of Hawaii. It just shows the arrogance of the politicians in Colorado that think they know better than the will of the people. This is this is what I've been saying for years, Mark, is that whatever they said about Trump was just a projection of their own internal thoughts and desires for power and control. These are little tyrants that live in these states and they get a little bit of taste of power and they decide that they know better than the citizens of Colorado. Let the citizens vote for the candidate that they choose. Don't try to prevent them from having that option. It's, it's, uh, it's sickening that we're in this kind of an environment right now. Hopefully Colorado gets slammed and they ought to, they ought to get rid of, um, uh, I guess it's the Colorado attorney general uh, w- would be my guess is who was arguing this. They ought to get rid of him. They ought to run him out of the state. It's, it's going to be very embarrassing for the state of Colorado. And I, forgive me, the, the attorney's name that was arguing for Colorado, I forget his name. I, I wasn't, I, but I, I was just absolutely captivated by the questions coming from the bench, including mainly the liberal justices. It was, it was fun to watch them. And Katanji Brown really got me as she was asking those questions, as you just mentioned. She said, shouldn't we err on the side of democracy? And the questions, you could tell there was cynicism in her questions alone, which surprised me, quite frankly. She did make the comment, Ryan, while I absolutely understand what you're doing, which was sympathetic to Colorado, she then deflected and deferred to the 14th Amendment, and I thought, okay, maybe, maybe we're going to see some liberal justices actually do the right thing here in the state of Colorado. Could it be a yeah, no decision? You know, I, I think it may very well be. They're they're in between a rock and a hard place because they know that they were put on the court by, uh, you know, nominated by you know progressives like Biden, and they know that the the whole narrative, the whole rationale that the Democratic Party put forward to the country of why we needed to elect Biden is because da- Trump was a dangerous individual, right? He was fomenting insurrection well if they if they hand colorado this this kind of a loss um there it's tantamount to an admission i think by these justices on the court that there was no such insurrection yeah i I don't believe donald trump has been charged with that he certainly hasn't been convicted of that and his attorneys did a pretty good job in arguing against Colorado's very, very weak arguments regarding the 14th Amendment, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back with Ryan Petty. Three more segments to go. Don't go away. Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. Freedom, passion, and precision. That is Daniel Defense. And uh, my guest today has been at that Daniel Defense facility with me, Ryan Petty, 
Welcome back in, Ryan. Six Hour Studios, Daniel Defense, Mike lit up. And, of course, it's all being presented by X Insurance, all companies that you know very, very well. It's great to have you in here. That that place, it, it reeks of freedom, doesn't it, when you walk in there? Oh, you can smell. You, you smell freedom and liberty and uh, dedication to this country. Uh, it, what a phenomenal place. I I, I wish I could uh, uh, go camping there. I just like to camp out on the lawn or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a quick visual of you pitching a tent inside there, and I thought, wow, that would be an awful lot of fun to do. <laughs> because yeah, the yeah, smell, maybe they let me build a little camp, little campfire and uh, you know have some food <laughs> delivered or whatever. Be a lot of fun. Oh. Good gracious, that's funny stuff. I got that. I actually got that quick visual when you mentioned that because I've been in there with you. A lot of fun stuff. All right, Ryan, did you want to put a uh, a stamp on the previous you know, an exclamation point on the previous conversation about the Supreme Court? I'm going to catch you off guard and talk to you about something. You know, as you know, because you've done it with me, we've gone through just live on the air and Googled gun control. Right? It's always fun to do. Now, I didn't do that today, but I'm going to kind of do it with you. Because I pulled a piece from Newsweek up that I found utterly fascinating, and I'm really looking forward to getting your perspective on that. So go ahead if you want to put a, an exclamation point on that previous segment. It's all yours. Then we'll move on. Well, I look, it's, you know, the Democrats run around and say our democracy is at risk. What they should be saying, obviously, I love to correct them, is our constitutional republic is at risk. But it's not at risk for the reasons that they often claim, which is that, you know, Donald Trump is, um, you, you know, uh, fomenting insurrection and he's he's a fascist. And for, uh, you know, all the things that they call him, the names that they call him, um, it, it's at risk because, quite frankly, the other side, the left, the progressives, the leftists don't love America they hate America, and they want to fundamentally transform America. And so to do that, they, they, they will do that by any means necessary. And what we're seeing today, like out of Colorado and other states, are leftists that will do anything to subvert the will of the people and to violate the constitutional pr- principles upon which this country was based. They are the threat. They are the problem. Um, we have got to vote them out uh, of office, and hopefully these stunts backfire. It will backfire. I'm pretty confident in that. I, I felt pretty good. I would love to see a Supreme Court justice like Thomas call them what they are one time, just the leftist goofballs that they are, and turn it right back on them and tell them that they are, in fact, the threat to the nation. And the rest of America understand what it is they're up to. But, in fact, I believe the rest of America does understand. I certainly saw that with some liberal justices today as well, particularly Brown, and I found that fascinating. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to watch it unfold. And when it does, well, we're going to talk about it because, well, what's it have to do with your guns? It has everything to do with your guns because they're trying to throw the candidate off the ballot that's going to protect your guns versus Biden, who has made it very clear he wants to take your guns. It has everything to do with guns, literally everything to do with guns. Let's move over to a Newsweek piece. We could easily take the hour on this, but you also sent over the, um, oh, what's the last name on this? Is it Brumley case? Is that the one you sent? Uh, Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Crumbly, Crumbly. The mother, Crumbly, Crumbly. Crumbly. I said Brumley, it's Crumbly. We're going to go to her in just a moment. We're also going to talk about that next week. 
with a guess that might shock some of my listeners. Uh, but I'm going to go over to a Newsweek piece that I found remarkable. A new way to address gun violence you've never heard of. This is an opinion piece from Newsweek. Now, who are the people that wrote the opinion piece? Charlie Beck, Jens Ludwig, and Chico Tillman, former chief of the Los Angeles Police Department, faculty director of the University of Chicago Crime Lab, executive director of the Community Violence Intervention Leadership Academy. And you're going to find something fascinating, Ryan, as we go through this a little bit. Um, let's, let me start here. America saw one of the largest declines in gun violence on record last year. Now, that in and of itself is something that you generally don't see mainstream media admit, particularly at the outset of a column in a publication like Newsweek. And then it goes on with a little disclaimer. Partly that's because the surge of murders during the COVID-19 pandemic was so high that last year's drop returned us to a quote-unquote normal baseline. But in some cities, lives are being saved for another reason, a new idea. Now, I'm not don't mean to put you on the spot, but it's Newsweek. Care to foster a guess on what their new idea might be? I I shudder to think. Uh, you know what? What take a wild gun snap. control scheme have they not thought of already and tried? I don't know. I'm intrigued. That's the way I looked at this. What what gun control avenue? Haven't they tried? So I started digging a little bit deeper into this. For the first time, Newsweek is telling us that for the first time that the federal government, Ryan, has put real money, big money, behind community violence intervention, CVI programs. We've heard a lot of that talk coming from Biden, right? And he, he touts the, you know, the, the, the gun control bill that it, the first one passed in 30 years and the money that goes to community violence intervention, et cetera. And he's beginning next week, a big week to address this issue in urban communities. And they claim that, as Newsweek does, it is working to raise awareness of community violence, that CVI is the most important idea that people either don't know about or don't understand, and that needs to change. So take a listen to this. Over the last 50 years, public ideas about crime and violence have centered on two conventional wisdoms. Surveys show that Americans think gun violence is due to either fundamentally bad people or social issues like poverty, discrimination, and segregation. The first explanation motivated the surge in incarceration since the 1970s, while the second calls for fully solving these root causes. Through this understanding of gun violence, CVI may seem puzzling. CVI doesn't do what conventional wisdom calls for. It's not about harsher punishment or fixing every big societal problem. What it does, they claim, Ryan, is interrupt violent events. CVI, they say, works because of a key insight. Most shootings in America are not caused by serial killers, mass shootings, or gang wars. They're typically caused by arguments. So let's stop there and go into that. Would you have ever expected to hear that line of reasoning come from a left-wing media outlet like Newsweek? I, I wouldn't because it cuts at the heart of the, the, the basis, the argument that the gun control groups and advocates make uh, about about guns in, in, in America. Right. And so it really cuts them off at the legs, so to speak. Um, so, no, I would not have expected this. I'm I'm now I'm even more intrigued. 
Yeah, and it's going to get better. We're taking a break. When we come back, we're going to get into the meat of this. And ladies and gentlemen, you're going to not hear something you would expect to be hearing. And I'll make sense of it when we come back. It's a remarkable piece from Newsweek. It's quite fascinating. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense here at the Georgia Ranch, AAR, Six Hour Studios, in front of the Daniel Defense Powerful and Platinum Microphone, all brought to you by X Insurance, continues right after this break. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Not enough Defender Coffee this morning to start my day. I readily admit that. I normally have a couple cups. I did not have a cup of Defender Coffee to start my day today. Cannot tell why. Um, for some reason, I just wasn't feeling coffee today. So I jumped for a carbonated sugar-free Red Bull, and that was probably a mistake, but it didn't wake me up. Defender Coffee works for me, and I get to support the Second Amendment with every cup I drink. I did see that a number of our regular guests on the program got their coffee bags delivered today, so they're all drinking Defender Coffee. DefenderCoffee.com. Use the promo code AAR. Let them know you appreciate what they do. And in my case, I support the Second Amendment Foundation with the profits from my bags of coffee. Great coffee. Keeps me awake, wakes me up, either one, take your pick. And I support the Second Amendment by supporting the Second Amendment Foundation by simply drinking coffee. It's a win-win-win all the way around. DefenderCoffee.com. Please go out of your way to support all of our partners. Barrel Buddy, game changer for cleaning your firearms. $14.99 for a bag of 50 of these things. If you're watching on your screens, I'm holding these up. Absolutely incredible. I've cleaned a couple guns with them already. Two passes, you're done. I mean, it's that simple. No mess. No nothing, no stink, no fingertip mess, no rags everywhere, no more patches. Beautiful stuff. It's a game changer. We'll talk about more of our partners throughout the program. Welcome back. Ryan Petty, let's go back to you. This Newsweek piece, you're intrigued, and it gets better, by the way. Let's go back to what Newsweek, Ryan, is admitting. Most shootings, they say, in America are not caused by serial killers, mass shootings, or gang wars. They're typically caused by arguments. I immediately took issue, Ryan, with the not caused by gang wars. Because you and I both know, and you'll see some irony here in just a second, but you and I both know that the vast majority of murders in Chicago and inner city are, in fact, gang-related violence. We know that, and John Lott has proven that. Isn't that true? It, it is. And, and it, um, it, it's such a large majority of the violence in, in, in America. Uh, the numbers are, are shocking and disturbing, and it... it what fuels the gun controllers' arguments for more gun control? Um, they tout these numbers as a reason to disarm you and me. It's, it, it doesn't make any sense, and we talk about that all the time. So right. I, I, uh, I'm shocked to hear that they're admitting this. It really is. It's unusual to see this. But, again, here comes some irony. They admit they're typically caused by arguments. Most shootings start with words. And end in tragedy because someone's got a gun. Many do involve people in gangs. So there's a little irony. Well, yeah, many do. But listen to how they define 
a breakdown of a shooting that isn't a serial killer or a mass shooting. And it almost seems as if they're admitting what a mass shooting is, kind of going against the numbers that they normally refer to from the gun violence archives, right? It's almost like they're throwing that in the wastebasket, or they just think you're so stupid, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to pick up on what we're talking about here. And who's going to break it down like this? People might just read it and I'll just move on and take it at face value. Well, we break it down because these are the things we've been saying for years. So back to Newsweek. Most shootings start with words and end in tragedy because someone's got a gun. Many do involve people in gangs, particularly because of back and forth retaliation between groups. But the precipitating initial event, Ryan, they say is usually interpersonal conflict rather than something economic. One study found that nearly 80% of all murders in America are not crimes of profit, but crimes of passion, broadly defined as, quote, unplanned acts of anger, rage, or frustration. Now, let me make this very clear. Interpersonal conflict rather than something economic. Interpersonal conflict in a gang shootout is economic because they're killing each other over turf wars, largely for drug distribution and dealing. Am I missing something? I, I think no, I don't. I don't think you're missing it, Mark. It's uh, it's turf, it's power, it's financial, it's revenge, it's all of those things. Then isn't that economic in their world? You know, at some level, it is about economics and economics and power. Um, it's also just a lack of regard for, you know, human life and the laws that the rest of us, uh, you know, submit ourselves to 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 live under in a civil society. These gangs uh, believe they are the law. They don't look to the law as uh, as having uh, any control or influence over their lives. Uh, They they hope they don't get caught, but it's uh, it's a moral depravity in addition to being an economic issue, Mark, is what I'm is where I'm going. No, and I agree 100 percent. There's a lot of different ways we could spend easy two to three hours going through this and talking about, you know, and breaking down some of what Newsweek is telling us. I see that there's a little bit of irony, almost a little bit of hypocrisy here by telling us that it's 80 percent this when we know the vast majority of those numbers are, in fact, coming from gang violence in large cities now let's move past that because they go into now the community violence intervention cvi and they talk about what prevents it from operating on such a large scale that we need it to be operating on one they say is money two they say is capacity it's hard to run a community-based organization it's even harder when the lives of staff and participants are in the line are on the line and harder still to ensure implementation fidelity as programs scale quickly and the third they say is a productive working relationship between CVI and police. And they talk about, we need effective policing for CVI to work. This is the gang that's been telling us that we need to defund the cops for the last three years. And then they go on to, they wrap it up with this. It's unusual for a community leader, an academic, and a former police chief to share a byline. But here's why this out-of-the-box collaboration is necessary. The murder rate in America today is about the same as in 1900. To really make progress and reduce gun violence, we must work together, especially when we have something rare, a new idea. Ryan, quiz time. What two words did Newsweek not mention? 
gun control. Boom. Well, again, fix my fix my my head. I, I appear to be broken here. So what's the point? This is these are outfits that have been screaming to take our guns every single day for years and years and decades. And Newsweek comes out with this opinion piece that doesn't even mention the two words gun control, which is where they the Bible and the pillow that they lay their head on every single night. Ryan, fix me here. I think I'm broken. Yeah, it's I guess it's refreshing. And I am I am so intrigued. I'm going to go do some research on, on who these folks are and try to understand them. Here's my fear, Mark. I, I share your optimism and, and exuberance over the fact that they didn't go down the typical path that you would expect Newsweek and these authors to go down. But I want to understand a little bit more about them because I'm wondering, and you brought this point up, and I think you made a good point in raising this. This is the defund the police crowd. And one of the things, one of the objectives of that group was to not well of course defund the police but it was to demoralize them it was to get the good cops to quit the ones that actually do the work uh, of protecting our cities and our communities get them demoralized get them to leave and then to replace them with this kinder gentler softer kind of uh, of law enforcement that you see a lot of these soros da's uh, exhibiting where that will lead, and this is my concern, I, again, I've got to know more about these folks uh, and their backgrounds and what they've been promoting, but if it is to bring in cops that don't enforce the law but are are just here to sort of let can't we all just get along, that's going to lead down a terrible path of even more violence. And the ultimate goal for a lot of these defund the police folks was to was to get our cities in so much turmoil that we as citizens voluntarily give up our rights. We demand that government take our guns away to protect us uh, from each other. And that, that is the road to tyranny. Yeah, that is exactly what their ultimate game plan is. We'll wrap this up when we come back. I'll make a couple quick points, and then I want to go to a verdict that you'll find fascinating. We'll be right back. segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Back to the show indeed. Daniel Defense microphone. Mark Walters filling you a prescription for freedom here in the AAR Ranch Sig Sauer Studios. X-Insurance presenting it all. Some more of our partners. Make sure to visit ArmsList.com. Use that promo code AAR and get that first month for 99 cents. It's only like six bucks after that. But it's a great deal over there. And support them. If you can do that, that's huge. It's how we have these conversations every day. It's a very small price to pay. Cuttingedgefirewood.com. You probably didn't know you could build a fire at home or smoke food over great cooking wood or smoke a pizza. Ryan's got some down in Florida. He knows. Cutting edge firewood is simply the best. And do that and support the Second Amendment. Heavensharvest.com, the emergency food supply. And all of our great partners, Sig Sauer, North American Arms. The gold set is still available for those little gold mini 22s. Incredible guns. Daniel Defense. X-Insurance, of course, presenting it all. 
If you need coverage for any aspect of your life, including your freedom, your firearms, true umbrella coverage, whatever it may be, gap coverage, coverage for a particular event, coverage for a high-risk business. If you're a truck driver, you need insurance. They cover thousands of carriers around the country. If you're an O&O, if you're a if you're just an owner-operator, or if you, if you run the business and own the business with a fleet of hundreds, X-Insurance will cover you. Make sure to check them out, xinsurance.com. Ryan Petty, one more segment. Let's go back to this thing. I want to point out on this Newsweek piece, a little caveat here, that this was not written by Newsweek staff. This was written by Charlie Beck, chief of the L.A., former chief of L.A. Police Department and superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, Dr. Jens Ludwig, a faculty member or faculty director of the University of Chicago Crime Lab and the Edwin A. and Betty L. Bergman Distinguished Service Professor, and Dr. Chico Tillman, the executive director of the Community Violence Intervention Leadership Academy at the University of Chicago Crime Lab, previously serving as executive director of REDI, R-E-A-D-I, National Center for Safer Communities at Heartland Alliance. Liberal think tanks, basically, is what I'm telling you. But, Ryan, you and I both know that Newsweek put something, you know, that, that it's in Newsweek. It didn't mention gun control. You know, nothing in media is done by chance. Is this maybe an admission saying it without saying it from Newsweek? Look, gun control is dead. We don't care what the administration says. We've got to go in this direction because we're never going to get rid of Americans' guns. Could they be saying that without saying it? They could be. But I, I'm skeptical for the reasons I mentioned before. I, this Makes could sense. be just another way, just a backdoor way of getting at the guns. Look, uh, the, the three names you mentioned, uh, you know, look where the worst gang violence is. It's Los Angeles and Chicago. Right. Um, I, I, tend, I tend to, you know, you know me, I'm a, a fan of, of, of law enforcement and what they do and the, the, the risks they take to protect our our uh, communities, but when I listen to the, uh, when, when you tell me that the these folks are from those communities, and you look at the ineffective, uh, how ineffective they've been, I'm skeptical that these these are the people that know how to solve the problem. Uh, give me Sheriff Grady Judd in Polk County any day of the week. I think he could clean Chicago up in a matter of months. Agreed. Uh, but it would require the politicians to grow a backbone, and I don't know that any of them have a backbone sufficient or they had it removed at some point during their lives. They don't have the backbone sufficient to stand up to the activists to actually solve the problem. So, again, I'm skeptical of these folks. I'll do some more research, and, and, and maybe we can, uh, you know, we can uh, try to decipher what they're doing here. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll address it on a, on a future program. It's a, it's a good one to talk about. We've got about three minutes left. Let's go to Jennifer Crumbly. Jennifer Crumbly is the mother of Ethan Crumbly, who back in November of 2021 killed four of his classmates at his Michigan school. He pled guilty in 2022, and he received a life sentence with no chance of parole. Remember, he was the 15-year-old killer. His mother was just convicted, if I'm not mistaken, four counts of involuntary manslaughter. That's correct. Ryan, take this verdict away. And I'm going to talk about this next week also with another guest, ladies and gentlemen. This is interesting because the father goes on trial next month, and she gets sentenced in April. So there's another one coming up. Take it away. Ryan, your thoughts on this. Yeah, this is this is interesting. So this is not the first time, but it's one of uh, a very few number of times where 
the parent of a school shooter or a, an attacker in a community uh, was that in, uh, in Chicago, I think, where where the other um, um, Mr. Cremo, I believe is his name, who bought his son a gun. This this uh, father, the Crumbleys, bought their their son uh, 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 a firearm uh, at 15. Uh, he was clearly having um, m- mental health issues. Mom was busy having an affair. Dad, dad, I assume was working, uh, but they weren't paying much attention to their son here. Uh, and the combination of his mental decline, the the lack of good parenting here, and you know the access to firearms proved deadly uh, in the uh, you know Oxford High School shooting. Um, Miss, Mrs. Trumbly was convicted, as you said, Mark, of four counts of involuntary manslaughter. It is um, interesting. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. It took uh, what was described in the article I read, a novel legal theory to get here. I'm concerned whenever prosecutors come up with novel legal theories, as much as I do think uh, Mrs. Trumbly has some culpability here, uh, this this seems like something that would I would rather have debated in a legislative body where we can discuss the pros and cons of charging somebody criminally for another person's actions, even if that is your your minor child. I think that's a debate we should have as society, but I think it should be done out in the open and in a legislative body, not in a courtroom. So while I'm sympathetic here, uh, this this was bad parenting. Um, there was bad parenting going on in Parkland, in in my case with the the killer of of my daughter Elena, uh, and 16 others. There was a mom that was in denial about how violent her son was and the escalation of that violence. So. Um, I, I do like to see the warning out there. Parents, you've got to step up and parent. And if you've got a child in trouble, there are resources available to get that child help. But you are responsible as a parent to make sure your child gets the help they need. And if you're too busy to do that because you're having an affair with somebody else, you need to rethink your priorities and get back and focus on your family and your child. Yeah, and I also want to point out, too, that there are other instances. We don't have enough time. We've only got about 20 seconds left, Brian. But uh, you and I will talk about this further. No question. I'm going to continue to talk about this, and then we'll bring it up again when the father, who is likely going to be convicted as well. I, I mean, I, I don't know that how that doesn't happen. It's a different situation. I could be completely wrong about that. But based on what we saw in this trial, it's highly unlikely if I was him, I'm sweating. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're a parent, you know that you are, in fact, responsible for some of the things your children do as minors. So this is uh, this is fascinating. We will discuss it at a later date. I promise you. Ryan Petty, thank you for that incredible insight. Armed American and for being here today and going through this Newsweek piece with me. It was a fascinating conversation. Thanks, Ryan. We'll talk to you soon. You'll be on the show again in the very near future. Thanks for being here. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. We do this every single day, ladies and gentlemen. We need your support from our partners to stay on the airwaves. April 26th marks our 15th year for Armed American Radio Network. It's a beautiful thing, and we couldn't have done it without you, all of our great affiliates, and our partners. We thank each and every one of you for that. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense continues in the second hour. Remember, I haven't said this to close out an hour, but remember this. Carry on, carry off, and carry absolutely everywhere. Never, ever, ever leave your cave without your club. No self-respecting caveman would have ever been caught outside his cave without his club. See you in the next hour. Mm-hmm.
just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 